HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, 2016. On the show, along with our winter co-hosts, Ann Becerra, we're excited to have Italy's Andy Monticelli, Jamie Adams from St. James Brewery, and this new guy, what's your name? Hey, I'm uh, Fred Avila. I'm from Italy Beeria in New York City. So we've got a lot going on in New York this week. We're getting ready for New York City Beer Week. And um, we're going to be talking also about things like opening a brewery on Long Island and uh, wastewater and, and farm to pint and all this other stuff. But, Andy, you have a special announcement to make because New York City Beer Week is kicking off this Friday. And first of all, if you tune in live to Heritage Radio Network at 12 o'clock on Friday, Ann and I will be here with uh, four New York City brewers doing an official New York City Beer Week kickoff on the air. That's right. Uh, Edel, uh, the uh, New York City Beer Week kicks off uh, with Simultap on Friday, but the opening bash is on uh, Saturday, and it's a boat cruise this year. Um, so you can go to NewYorkCityBrewersGuild.com for details. But there's a code you can use. Uh, each brewery has its own code, um, but you can use the code Eataly for a $15 off uh, for a ticket. There's two sessions. All right. Thanks, Andy. But, yeah, definitely New York City Beers Week coming up. We've talked about it a lot. I know you got some things going on at Tap Room 307, Ann. Yeah, Monday night is going to be very, very lovely. 40 taps, two casks, all New York beer. And we've got our New York City Brewers Choice. There's still some tickets left, uh, NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. But, you know, what, the reason we're here and why, why there's a beer week is underneath it all, there's, there's some great beers being made in the region, and there's great stories. So today we're going to talk about uh, Jamie from uh, St. James out, out in uh, Long Island. He's had some struggles opening a brewery uh, on Long Island. And, uh, and then and Fred uh, is going to talk about what it's like having a rooftop uh, uh, in, in the wintertime. But tell us about that, Fred. I mean, so you guys are on the rooftop, and you, you guys are still making beer in the winter, but What's what's going on up there on the top of Italy? Well, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, the last few years, we've had kind of trouble sort of finding our, our, our footing during the wintertime because, uh, as everyone that's familiar with our place, we're, we're pretty rocking in the summertime. We have an open roof, a uh, retractable roof, but the problem with that is a lot of people think that it's it's always open. Uh, you know, they don't take into account the fact that, hey, it rains and also snows in New York City and it gets cold. Uh, so this year we did uh, something called Baita, sort of a pop-up. Not sort of, it is a pop-up. Uh, kind of a, a Italian Alpine themed restaurant, so it's sort of analogous to visiting a ski lodge minus the skiing. You know, 
Uh, I'm not a big skier. I have a lot of friends who are, who are skiers, and to me, they tell me, it seems that the, the funnest part about skiing is actually when you're done skiing, you head over so to the lodge. So, Beatery is open in the winter. You're going to be open for New York City Beer yeah, Week. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And later in the show, we're going to taste some of your beers. But, James, let, let's cut to the chase, man. Jamie, I want to call you James, but... St. James okay. Brewery, and uh, how did you meet Jamie? Because I know you invited him on the show yeah, tonight. Yeah, Jamie um, was actually a regular of mine at the Ginger Man for years. That's true. Uh, before this opened, before St. James got started, and <clears throat> was homebrewing and just very, very passionate, and it just kind of, the relationship developed, and now I'm really excited to see what he's doing. His beers are awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ann. I appreciate that. Uh, it's true. We had a uh, Ginger Man pub. Jim, what was your mission? So you told me earlier that you, you, you tried to open a brewery on Long Island. And some of the struggles you had to go through. Uh, well, opening a brewery, uh, as everybody knows, has got a lot of different parts to it. And one of the big parts is wastewater management. And uh, on Long Island, uh, it's a big issue for us as an island, of course. And um, we really have to, as brewers, get on the same page where we're on uh, an even keel for us. We're a farm brewery, and uh, we play, in a sense, uh, the same rules as big, large industrial breweries. Uh, nothing takes into account uh, how we treat our uh, wastewater, how we compost our spent grains or our hops. Uh, it's just assumed that we're dumping them down the drain. So that poses a problem for us in terms of how we have to approach our brewing style. We are what's called a New York State farm brewery. It's a certified uh uh, designation that's given to breweries that use a certain amount of New York State-grown uh, ingredients. Uh, for us, we try and use as much as possible. Uh, if it's 100%, that's our that's our goal. Uh, and with that, it's a it's a cycle. Not only do we use the ingredients, but uh, after we brew our ales, our grains are composted and go back into our gardens and. Uh, you know, the wastewater is actually collected and then used uh, in various ways, either to uh, uh, use them in our heat, extra- uh, our heat extraction or just to uh, go back into the garden again. You know, for Fred and Andy, for, for you guys, you know, being in the city, I mean, you're on the top of a building, you've got a small brewery. I mean, do you have to deal with any issues of, of waste, wastewater, anything like that? Uh, I know you guys have a, a real green, strong green program at, at Eataly. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we try to, uh, you know, we're, we're part of the whole slow food movement, you know, local producers, uh, that whole deal. And where we can, we, we try to minimize um, all our waste. Uh, in the past, we, we've sort of shipped, not sort of, we shipped our spent grain over to uh, producers who uh, fed it to their livestock. Then in turn, they would sell us their livestock, use it in our uh, plates. Uh, most recently, we've been using uh, our spent grain down in our bakery. Uh, once we brew, uh, we, we set aside a certain portion, bring it down to the guys. And they'll make breads, cookies that we'll put on sale down in the marketplace. Great. And Andy, anything else you want to say about uh, green practices at Italy? Um, yeah, no, I think that from top to bottom, we you know we try and be as uh, environmentally friendly as possible. So. Yeah. J- Jamie, what beer are we drinking right now? I want to call you James, man. You can call me James. Yeah, Jamie, why'd you, why'd you call well, it St. James Brewery? Uh, my dad was named uh, James, and uh, my name is named uh, my. Well, obviously, my name is James. Uh, they call me Jamie because of that uh, reason. But we named it St. James Brewery because we make Belgian style ales, and we wanted to have some connotation to uh, the Belgian and the uh, monistic, monastic, I guess you should say, the uh, the traditions that are they're using there, and and uh, we wanted people to know that. Uh, that's what we focus on. That's what we do. So uh, St. Bernard, 
uh, you know. Did you get any pushback from the uh, very famous St. James Gate Brewery? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Thank you. Know you. Where's that? Yeah. I don't know. Guinness. <laughs> yeah, Guinness is uh, St. James's Gate, so it's... Uh, uh, no, we haven't. And there's actually... Uh, a couple of other breweries out there that are using the Saint, uh, you know, Saint this or Saint that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see coming up what what happens on that front. As a whole, we could talk a whole other show about <laughs> the, uh, you know, the legalese of it. Let, let's ask these guys. So at Birria, I, you know, years ago when, when you guys started, we had one of your brewers, uh, Brooks, on. Mm-hmm. What I loved about what you were doing because this is like you know Long Island, it's like small farm brewery, you know, pint to. Pint to beer. We'll talk Farm about to pint. That. Farm to pint. Thank you. Um, you guys always have this Italian and kind of American connection. And tell us about the, the, how you guys got started at Birreria. Well, those uh, the Birreria is actually a collaboration brewery between Dogfish Head, Beardo Borgo, and Baladen. Um, Baladen is uh, near Torino, where Italy opened in 2007. And Baladen, sorry, uh, Del Borgo is closer to Rome on uh, Borgo Rosse. Uh, so the three of them are good friends, and when Italy and NYC was going to open, they, they all talked and, and thought uh, having a brewery project on the roof, top restaurant, would be really fun. So we do our best to represent Italian craft beer, which is really booming now, um, along with American craft beer. All right. And, uh, Jamie, what's the beer that we're drinking? Uh, the beer that we're drinking right now is called Rochelle Blanche. It's our Belgian-style wit beer. Uh, it's made uh, entirely, well, I should say it's 99% New York State-grown ingredients, we use a slight bit of orange peel from California just to give it a little bit of citrus flavor, but uh, it contains oats that are grown upstate, uh, all New York State grown in malted barley and wheat. And uh, we use a noble hop from a farm in Wading River, Long Island, called uh, uh, Kinzella Farms. Uh, Fourth-generation farmers, they've been farming the land since the mid-1800s. They do everything from strawberries to vegetables and uh, you know, we really promote the farmers that we work with. And, uh, you know, for everybody listening out there, we want you to go visit them and to go see the little gems that you've got uh, all across both Long Island and upstate New York. And, uh, you know, we work with Kinzella Farms. We On the east uh, end, there's Briarmere Farms as well, Sujeki Farms, where we get a lot of our other uh, ingredients from. We also work with apiaries, uh, honey farmers, like Promised Land Apiaries in Mattituck where they're doing a very local, uh, unique, artisanal... uh, They're they're creating a lot of endeavors that are going beyond just um, making the the honey or... Honey. Yeah, whatever it might be, the honey or the the fruit there. And you guys have used other ingredients... You know, from those farmers as well, like fruits, right? You, That's we had right. their apple ale on in mm-hmm. Tap Room. Uh, there's an orchard in Northport called Richter's Orchards. Again, another third-generation uh, family farm. And uh, they uh, have uh, apple orchards there, rows and rows of apple trees. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great place. So uh, it's, it's farm to pint, not pint to farm. Farm to pint. Well, yeah. pint to farm, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of family farms, <laughs> yeah. we're going to talk about family farms. There's a plate of cheese in front of us that I'm, like, drooling over. Really? Family farm. <laughs> That's what that is, cheese. Right. Andy, did you bring that cheese in? I did. So uh, this this cheese is actually uh, made on my family's farm uh, in Abruzzo, Italy. Uh, they're actually about 30 minutes, 40 minutes from uh, uh, the Beardo Borgo Brewery as well. So I've been there many times. Uh, so Abruzzo is a wonderful uh, mountainous region. Um, their, their, their village is called Anversa degli Abruzzi. It's about an hour and a half east of Rome. And uh, my family, the Italian Marcellis, have been in that village since the 1600s. 
That's great, man. Yeah, so they're predominantly a sheep farm. Uh, they have 1,300 sheep. Uh, they're using a, an ancient breed that's indigenous to Abruzzo called Sopra Fasana. It's, uh, they are very low milk yielding, and they have a wonderful diet of lovely, uh, local, locally grown, obviously all over the land that they're eating. Um, uh, what am I just eating? This is which one? so perfect with the, I want to call it Rochelle Rochelle from Seinfeld. You could. The Rochelle which one Blanche. Did you, which um, one did you grab? This one. It's a little semi-firm that cut one? into triangle. Mm-hmm. So you're eating the uh, Pecorino de Parco. That is their uh, kind of flagship cheese. Um, it's their mountain-style Pecorino. Um, that's the the cheese they make the most of. Uh, and then afterwards, they make a, a ricotta. Actually, they make a few different ricottas, which we're going to try two of them. Um, it's but, perfect with the beer. Yeah. Andy, how, how, how did you... Uh, so when did you start doing this? Well, our family has been, you know, the, the, our cousins are the ones who own the farm and make the cheese. They've been doing that for decades. But we first visited them about 15 years ago, I think now. Um, but my father and I, he really fell in love with it. You know, my family are all, they're all chefs. Um, my dad, you know, has been connected with food and working in food for, you know, 40 years. And uh, he just fell in love with what they were doing and, and the place and the, all the other products. So he called me. You know, I wasn't on that trip, but he called me and said he wanted to figure out how to bring it to the United States. So we've been doing that for about, you know, almost 10 years now. Andy, we might be cousins. My yeah. grandmother's from Scano, Abruzzo. Exactly. So that's about 20 minutes away. Um, Scano is uh, very, speaking of Baita, uh, Scano is very well known for skiing. So uh, there's lots of great mountains and uh, little ski areas in, in Abruzzo. That's great, man. It's a small world. I've known you for several years, and I was thinking of you as Birria because you always represent, talking about New York City Beer Week, you represent Birria as one of the New York City breweries. Mm-hmm. But you have many hats then. I do. Actually, my well, my first job at Italy was the, the local buyer. So um, after importing these products with, with my dad, um, you know, first our family's cheeses, then um, dry pasta, olive oil, honey, all things from Abruzzo, from small family-owned producers, um, you know, I started working at Italy when it opened and was sourcing a lot of the local products that we were using and selling. So I just used kind of what I had learned by working with my family and, you know, trying to bring the terroir of Abruzzo to the U.S., uh, use the same, you know, to identify, you know, which local producers we should be working with. And then I got into beer um, and really got really into beer when the Beeria opened and Brooks, who was our first brewer, came over and we became good friends. We worked together really closely. Um, you know, I did a lot of the ingredient sourcing and ordering for him. And, uh, yeah, and ever since then, just been beer, 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 beer. So I've been, you know. Well, uh, you guys, the Italy thing's cool. Like, I know Brooks grew up in Arkansas, mm-hmm. then his family moved to Rome, and he grew yep. up in Rome, and he was working with who, Del Bordigo? Yep, and he's actually, now he lives in Australia, and he works for, he's a brewer at Nomad, which is a, a Beardo Borgo brewery, partner brewery in Australia, in uh, in Manly. He, like, walks, he walks to, uh, the, you know, every now day. You get some really cool people there at Italy and Birria, and it's fun talking about beer and cheese. You know, we got our new engineer out there, David. David, we're going to take a short break. We're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This is so good.
1996, El Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. So we're not going to introduce you right away. Let's just, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and then we'll work you guys in, okay? Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. All right. Got some, a lot of people in the studio today. And who else is – you You put this show together, so tell I us did. why you invite everybody, because it's kind of like a New York City Beer Week preview. It's like local beer and food. Yeah, well, I think that the idea of local beer and food and all of this is – great but i think it's that mentality of you know really knowing where your food comes from you know what what you're Who's eating what you're drinking so what we have jamie from st james brewery andy and fred from Bereria, and andy as well from marcelli formaggi and i think a lot of the mentality is the same you know using good ingredients knowing your purveyors knowing where it comes from and uh it's a perfect segue because now we're going to start drinking a beer from well this is what Bereria. we like and you know talking about we're not going to comment on large brewery acquisitions and regional brewery combination that's there's a different place for that but we're talking more about focus on the local small guys so we do love that st james is this little guy out in long island and uh, you guys are this little brewery on top of a we're a three and a half barrel brewery on a rooftop of manhattan yeah so what, what's the, the first beer that you're this is the first beer of beer i've had in quite a while sure yeah i i can't emphasize tiny uh brewery we're, we're exceedingly tiny uh this is gina gina essentially is a pretty basic pale ale uh dry hopped with thyme um, and if you're familiar with time, if you had it in dishes, it's very apparent on the palate and on the nose. Can Plus you talk a little about the cask condition, too? I don't think people realize uh, Yeah. Uh, in addition to being this very, very tiny brewery, we're also, as far as I know, um, if anybody knows otherwise, please correct me, uh, we're the only all-cask ale brewery in the United States. Um, and the you, only, you only make cask Only yeah. cask ale, yeah. So it's sort, of, it's sort of like being a first-time home brewer in terms of professional brewing because you're not kegging beer. Uh, you're sort of like bottling conditioning beer, but in this and case... You can only also sell on-premise, right? Yeah, that's it. Very small. The only way you can get your beer is to go to be Absolutely. Not, or, not com- even, or come or on beer, beer sessions. sessions. Right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, if you see me, just sort of... That's why Josh, our buddy, we got some listeners out there. Josh came up from Georgia. His buddy Jason. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have a cool show going cool. on. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, All right, uh, so what cheese are we having this with? Because the herbs and the flavor from this is just to die for, I can imagine. You know, the first time we had, when, when you guys first opened, your, your brewer Brooks came on. Yep. And as I said, he was from Arkansas, grew up in Rome, yep. and he had a really funny way of pronouncing English. So he he's served us this beer, and he kept saying it's, it's, it's thyme. Yeah, oh, yes, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're trying uh, ricotta pasita. So it's a... Uh, uh, raw, so all the cheeses are uh, raw milk cheeses. This is a raw sheep's milk cheese that's aged and then rubbed with uh, the local herbs, the same herbs that the sheep are eating. So they, you know, our family says there's about 100 different wild herbs and flowers growing around in the mountains uh, where the sheep are grazing. So this is rubbed with olive, uh, with olive oil, 
uh, thyme, rosemary, and pepperoncino. So it has a little bit of uh, heat to it. Is it thyme or thyme? It's thyme. <laughs> what so do they say in Italy? It's time to eat some cheese and drink some beer. Um, yeah, so I thought it would be fun to put these two together considering, you know, herb on herb. It's perfect. It actually makes the beer pop even more if that's possible. James, what, what do you feel about Cascales? I mean, the, it's a different body and We do Cascales. We do Cascales uh, not often, but we do do them. I enjoyed it. It's uh, obviously more of an English style, a way of uh, presenting the, the ale, but uh, love to do it on cask. Uh, our casks, honestly, are a bit more carbonated. Uh, I'm always the guy in the Cascale Festival with the, you know, shooting the, the but, but we want it that way. We do because we, that. Because uh, it's, it's it cask conditioned? Is that yes. why you have carbonation? Uh, it's you're adding it's, carbonation. It's cask conditioned, but we, uh, we bring it to a higher level of carbonation. Uh, and we want that acetic acid. We want those acetic flavors to come through, like in the in the wit beer here. These are all bottle conditioned as well. All of the bottles that we do are are bottle conditioned because we want that acids uh, those those acetic acids to come through. And you use your own yeast, right? You guys cultivate your own house yeast. That's correct. We have our own house yeast strain that we derived from a Belgian strain about eight years ago, uh, and it's really served us well. It uh, it's a workhorse. Uh, it produces a lot of different flavors based upon the ingredients that we're putting in. So, uh, uh, and you'll see in uh, just a minute when we try the double as opposed to the wit beer, same yeast strain, but you're going to get two very different. Jamie, uh, how long results. you been brewing, man? I've been brewing since the early 1990s. Uh, it was uh, I spent some time up in Maine at college, and that was before the internet, right? Before the internet, <laughs> wow. and uh, and a guy named uh, Rob Todd had opened up a, a brewery called Allagash. And they started serving his white at a, a beer uh, at a bar in Portland there called the Great Lost Bear. And I just happened to be sitting at the bar, much like uh, we <laughs> Ann and I had met, and uh, tried my first Allagash White back in 1995. And I was hooked. I uh, came back to New York City, and I wanted Allagash, and I couldn't find any place that had it or a lot of beers that were anything like it. So I walked into a little homebrew shop on uh, East 36th Street. Right, right where the the ginger man is now, actually, and uh, bought a homebrew kit, and that that was it. Great. And when did you uh, become a licensed New York State Farm Brewery? We became a licensed New York State Farm Brewery in 2012. Wow, man, it's a long yeah. time. Yeah, it was a long time. Well, I had a, a career before the before this, but I was always brewing, always home brewing, uh, never stopped doing it. And uh, quite honestly, it was, it was the good fellows over at Blue Point Brewery. That got me on the road to being a professional brewer because How did that they just liked what we were doing, and uh, the reason why we actually got all of our licenses together was because they invited us to do their Cascal Festival, and so uh, and from there it uh, people just Great. asked us, you know, where, where so are you going to be? You said that you, you wanted to open up in Smithtown, Long Island. I That's correct. Want you to mention municipalities, but you kind of have to. So what happened in Smithtown? You live in Smithtown. You you were going to open a brewery there. Uh, that's correct. We uh, we really uh, were intrigued. Uh, at first, we were a microbrewery, but we were intrigued by the farm brewery license simply because we believe in the in the farm to pint, the farm to table mentality. We we shop at farmers markets ourselves. We you know we we really try and take that that tact. So uh, it was a natural progression for us. I I, I visited. At the time, it was every malting facility in New York State, just tasting what the uh, so you malters... you felt there was potential to do a, f- a farm wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I thought that there was something there, but I wasn't sure. And uh, I just ran across a couple of them that I, I tried their their product, and I was, I was, fl- I was floored by but it. But then what happened? You were going to open in Smithtown? 
Yeah, yeah. Did you open the brewery in Smithtown? We did not open the brewery in uh, in Smithtown. It, 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 for us, it was a daunting process because of our status as a farm brewery, and but we were being treated uh, like a much larger brewery, like uh, an industrial, like an industrial, like so a. What what was like it? A blue I'm trying product. to get out of you, man. Why wouldn't why couldn't you open a brewery in Smithtown? We probably, in the end, could. It's a question of uh, dollars and cents, uh, and and want and really uh, feeling like you you're wanted to be there. Uh, you know, I, we, in my opinion, breweries and brew pubs are big drivers of uh, revitalization or or rejuvenation or even just uh, economic viable outlets for communities. They bring dollars in so that the dollars are spent not just at their brewery, but the store next door and the store next door to them. Yeah. And, and It would so seem to so me like you're saying that they're expecting you to just go in with no regard to the environment, with no regard to how you're getting rid of these things, and that's kind of how they pinned you, and as opposed to looking at how you would actually make this more convenient. That's correct. But what, 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 were the, what were the issues, though, specifically? Uh, the issues in general, and I think this is true uh, for most breweries, is your waste. How do you dispose of your waste? How do you uh, go about accounting for the excess or, or the, the, uh, the byproduct of, of what you're producing? And so for us, uh, I think we had spoken about this earlier, we compost all of our spent grains and all of our hops. So our waste was minimal. However, we are still required by law to, uh, uh, to act as if we were dumping it all down the drain. Yeah. I know, no, I've, I've no heard of some other towns and, and people. I know uh, Wandering Star up in Massachusetts had a problem in one city. They ended up in another city. And, and I understand, you know, uh, I really do understand from the town's point of view that they are trying to protect the environment. And that's what we're right. I mean, that's what we're in a sense all about, because we are a true agricultural brewery and uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we really didn't believe it. However, we also need a little bit of flexibility, understanding. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't I'm, I'm not here, obviously, to complain at all the the uh, the, the town's are more than just their municipalities. We've gotten great support uh, from a lot of different areas in a lot of the towns. Uh, and, and, you know, going forward, it's not to say that we can't have the brewery there and it has to be industrial. That's okay. But as a farm brewery, we can have five off-site tasting rooms in addition to the tasting room. So we want to be part of the communities and we want to, uh, you know, grow with them. So where, you, where is your brewery actually? Our brewery is in uh, Holbrook, which is a town. Thank you, which is a town in uh, in Suffolk. Uh, it's a great place. We have a great facility, uh, much more space to brew than we had had previously. But it changes the dynamic of what we are. It 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 changes it it it. it subjugates the brewing process to an industrial area. It's more industrial area. Rather than being a part of the right the farm, that, that symbiotic relationship between the brewery, the farm, the you know, as as the material passes from one area to the next and, and what becomes of it. It just um makes it a little bit harder for us because now we're trucking things back and forth from the farm to the brewery. Yeah. And, you know it, I hear that man. No that was really interesting. I just wanted you to get a chance mm-hmm. to, to, to say that a little bit. What's the what's the next brewery we have? All right, so uh, what we got here now is uh, it's called Flip. Uh, Flip is an extra special bitter at its base beer. Um, after that, it gets a little bit kooky. Uh, kooky, excuse me. It's made with uh, saba, uh, which is reduced uh, grape must. Uh, green what is that? cardamom, Sa- saba, saba, S A B A. Green cardamom and uh, candy ginger. Uh, candy ginger, excuse me. Uh, it's a bit beefy. Clocks in at about seven point two percent ABV. 
How did you um, call the base beer an ESB? Like, was it brewed initially to that? Where does ESB yeah. come? Well, I wouldn't think this in a blind taste well, test in a million years. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah, because I mean, to be fair, like most of the adjuncts completely obfuscate the the flavors of the of the base beer. Uh, we use 100% uh, ESB malt, uh, and then uh, I believe I, it leaves me right now. But I believe the the yeast strain was uh, Ringwood L. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, but it's it's a fun beer. Uh, it's meant. Um, we refer to it as a winter warmer, sort of a, a catch-all for uh, nice, boozy uh, beers that kind of warm you up mm-hmm. in the dead of winter. Fred, how do you guys come up with your recipes? Well, uh, two-way. Well, to be fair, this recipe is comes straight from uh, Delaware, from Dolphin's Head. Uh, every now and again, yeah, for, and for Mario, too, they actually work together to make a, a, a recipe, and this was it. Uh, every now and again, Sam will say, hey, let's do a dinner, and we want to do a dinner based off of this beer, and he'll shoot us a recipe. Uh, outside so of that, you have the connection with your, your yeah. founding breweries. But outside of that, it's just, you know, whatever strikes our fans, our fans you know. Yeah. Um, so are those, are those guys available? I mean, can you call up Sam Collagio and say, Sam, I'm working on this batch of beer from your recipe, and it's uh, not the same because I don't have the right time from Italy or something? Uh, essentially. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that way. This is the time show. We're He's not hanging about, out with Chris Bosch and running around, you know. But actually, yeah, sure. a, a lot of times when we do these beers, um, he's there with us to, to brew it. So it's been, we've done a lot of fun uh, collaboration beers with him. What about the Italian guys? Do they come over and brew too? Uh, yeah, we uh, we did a... Yeah, Leo's been there a couple times. Uh, the brewmaster from Del Borgo, uh, his brewmaster's also been there. Um, yeah. But that means you're also in the brewery, Andy, because I know you're selling cheese, you're the buyer, you're the manager at Italy. But yeah, yeah. to I've, me, you're Mr. Birraria. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've loved the, that the rooftop project uh, has, has been really fun to be a part of. Um, you know, I think working with, um, you know, it's we're making our own beer there, but it's, you know, it's been a beer focused restaurant. But, you know, we work very closely with uh, the, the managers and the and the kitchen team, our chef. Uh, Preston, who's actually here uh, with us in the room, uh, does a great job um, with our menu, and we just have so a lot of fun. He's the chef for Birodi. Yeah, he's our yeah he's our head chef. Right. Um, and actually, I was thinking about it after you asked me about things that we do to be more green. Um, one thing that Preston is really big on is uh, you know using as much of an animal as possible. So, um, like we have a lot of pork on our, our menu. We're getting a couple whole pigs a week, and you know we're using it in, in many different ways and creative ways on our menu. So. I love that. Yeah. Well, hey, David, our new engineer, we're going to take a break in a few minutes. We'll be back on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. This is good together. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're getting ready for New York City Beer Week. Last year, I, I started warming up at this time, and by like the second day of Beer Week, I think I lost my voice. So this is a good company, man. So we finally got Andrew Marcelli to admit that he's got he's got his hand in Biaradia and making beer and all this other stuff because he's been one of the faces in New York City Beer Week for a few years now. 
Yeah, he's yeah. on all over their website too. Andy, what are we eating? I'm <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, with the last beer with the Birria Flip, uh, we're having a Cacio Fiorello. So uh, on the farm, they have thir- on our family's farm, they have thirteen hundred sheep, and they also have about four hundred goats. They used to have less; they used to have about two hundred, but when they started making this cheese, um, they increased the goat population. So. They're making a fresh goat yogurt that while they're making the cheese, they add the goat yogurt to it. So it is a sheep's milk cheese with goat yogurt. That's why it's got that kind of tang. Oh, it's my um, favorite. Yeah, so I thought it would be funny you know, or cool to try with the, with the flip because flip's, no, got, good, flip's got a lot going on. What's the flip about? I haven't. Well, that's what we were just trying. Oh, that's the flip. Sorry, I forgot that was the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. But, so, Andy, you brought in your chef from – so yeah. Birodia alone. So I know, I know Italy has a lot of chefs, mm-hmm. but upstairs at Birodia, there's a, there's a separate chef. Yeah, well, I mean, we all work together. Like, we have a, you know, every team is a big management team, big culinary team. Um, but, yeah, Preston is our, our head chef at, at Beeria. Hey, Preston, how are you, man? Come on in. Doing fantastic, man. How are you? Good. So what are some of the, the, the favorite dishes you like to pair with, uh, you know, your Beeria Cascales? Um, it Well, you know, we do change our menu quite often, uh, doing with uh, season and uh, local farms and everything. So um, with these, like, especially, you know, when you're doing with the uh, – Time out. It's with the Gina. It's pretty fun to pretty much. Uh, we can go either a with uh, some form of salad, or we can also do uh, something really nice. As far as with our uh, our chicken dish that we normally do, which is usually do with a lot of herbs and a lot of vinaigrettes that we like to play with. How do you make that chicken? Uh, well, we use these. Uh, the chicken itself is uh, chicken thighs that we uh, bring in from Cascoon Farms. is an amazing, amazing farm that uh, their chickens are just. They're so uh, they're so great. We actually stopped brining our, our chickens because they were just the flavor that they have and the oh, that's you know, nice. the texture. Everything is just perfect. Um, we've been using um, I I started using those when I worked at Monzo, the uh, downstairs uh, one of the restaurants downstairs, and we uh, ever since then like everything chicken livers, chicken themselves have been really been trying to just promote that farm because he's uh, just a wonderful man. Um, uh, so what we do with this right now is uh, we're actually butter poaching um, shallots and apples, gala apples that we get from upstate. And then we have a uh, a mustard apple cider vinaigrette that we put on top Andy, of it. Andy, you like that dish, don't you? I do. Chicken, I mean, chicken. As soon as he mentioned it, you started smiling and, yeah. and well, <laughs> shaking. I mean, the menu of beer is, as Preston He's said. He's from the same part of Italy as I know, my it's grandmother. Amazing. It's crazy. It's amazing. But no, uh, Scano the, and Abruzzo. Yeah, the birria menu, yeah, it, it does, it evolves and changes with the seasons, but um, we've had, you know, our beer-braised pork shoulder and our chicken thighs on the menu since we started, as well as, like, the fried shiitake mushrooms. Those are just staples. That's another one that goes, I think, really so nicely. you guys have like, almost like a family there, don't you? A lot of the same guys worked in different mm-hmm. jobs. And, yeah, absolutely. Like, we know Anthony Sasso at, at Casamona. I know mm-hmm. these different restaurants are related. Yep, yeah. With Batali Bosnich. But exactly. you know, some, I mean, like, for me, a- Anthony Sasso... He's got a chance to, 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 to grow that little restaurant. He's got three stars. And mm-hmm. Cheers to you, Anthony, man. Absolutely. you got a great team Good there. Good job, Chef. So cool. it's cool stuff. You like it, Preston? You, you like being there? And uh, Yeah, I love uh, I love uh, being at Birria, especially. Uh, that's When I started at Monza, we do more formal dining, and that was a great experience. But the uh, going upstairs has been a, uh, a very fun step in my, in my career personally. Um, because one, you know, you get to really dive into the ingredients that you know Fred and Andy are dealing with, and you know the chefs are uh, the whole chef's team is uh, really work really hard to bring in all the ingredients that we do with you know for the whole restaurant together, and try to call out you know all the local farms, call out all the you know beers that we do with, so that way you know everyone can be proud. And I want to put you on the spot. What's one of your favorite beer and food pairings? 
since we got all these food people. Well, the one we just had, I could just go ahead and say that right now, at least for the day today. I mean, it's so delicious together. You know, the yeast of that beer, it's perfect. The herbs are perfect. You know, I think that's why I go to Italy a lot, besides to bother Andy, is just because you know there's always going to be something great. You know, it's always with that pairing aspect in mind. Nothing's done haphazardly or unintentionally. And um, I think you guys are doing a great job at also helping us convert people who would never think beer belongs on a table. And now they get to try these and go, oh, my goodness. Definitely. You know, it totally and, you know, and, and Jamie, with, with your so – we're on, what, your St. James double? This is our double, yeah. This goes really well with the cheeses as well. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the beer and how you made it. It's really good. Our Belgian double is made, uh, a, believe it or not, a lot like our wit beer. Uh, we Look, use these Italy guys like beer. They just grab the, two of the bottles. The bottles are empty already, man. It's crazy. <laughs> well, Pass it down for our studio guests. Blushing. Studio Oh yeah, like yeah. So guys. tell us about this beer, man. It's a nice double. It's a nice. It's a well. It's our Belgian double that is very. Uh, again, like all of our beers, is very basic. Uh, we use uh, one one uh, barley. It's a two row barley that we use. We make our own candy sugar in house. We use noble hops again from Kinsella Farms, and our yeast strain and some and our and our local water. You know that we, and even uh, I'll. I'll to be frank, even the water that we use, the local water, we don't do anything to it. We just take out, we, we put it through a filter to take out the chlorine. We want those flavors. It's, you know, it's this great product. We, know, don't, we, we know John Conzella pretty well. Sure. Conzella Farms. Yeah. Great guy. And if, if you're doing nothing next Saturday, I mean, there's so many Beer Week events to pitch. Uh, at Chimmy's number 43 on Saturday, February 27th, 1 o'clock, we're doing a thing called Hop Salon. We have John Conzella from Conzella Farms, John Siegel, whose family is Siegel Family Ranch, which created the Cascade Hops uh-huh. up in uh, Pacific Northwest. And if you want to come in, and any of our listeners, but I'll be delighted. if you want to come you, and yeah. sit and talk about what you're doing with, with uh, Conzella's sure. Hops. Yeah, that would be, be very cool. nice. With John, he's been a great supporter of us because the hops that we use, they're not very prolific. They don't grow as well as some of the other hops that he grows. But he keeps them there because we use them. And and it's it's that kind of relationship that we have with uh, all of our purveyors. He'd be better off growing a different hop there, ripping those out and putting something else in. But he does it because... uh, Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about New York City Beer Week. You know, for the last couple of years, through Kelly Taylor and the New York City Brewers Guild, uh, Andy, you guys have pushed the smash beer concept, the state malt and state hops. Did Birria make one of those beers, or have you? Um, or will you? No, we, we couldn't do it. Well, here, I'll let Fred. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, the last years, we have not been able to do it. And, you know, the reasons for that are fairly simple. We're just, we're, we're too small. We're sort of like the reverse kind of Goldilocks zone, you know? What do you say, Goldilocks? Goldilocks zone, you know, where normally Goldilocks zone, it's just right, you know? We're sort of just right to do to not do quite a few things, and it, it just didn't. Did you fall say Goldilocks zone? Goldilocks yeah. zone, yeah. Do you know what that is, Ian? Yeah, of course. Do what is Goldilocks zone? You know, this is too small. This is too big. This oh, is that's just it. right. <laughs> so he's saying it's maybe, almost just yeah. right. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe it's a phrase I just coined, but uh, unfortunately, the last two years, it, our, our brewing schedule didn't pan out where we could do the uh, the smash uh, uh, smash beer. Um, we're big fans of the smash beer uh, concept. Uh, the guys at Big Alice, they won last year. Um, totally excited to try the, the offerings this coming year. See who's going to take home that Rupert's Cup. Um, oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully things go right about 10, 15 years from I th- now. I think there's 15 New York City breweries are doing it, including Finback, yeah. mm-hmm. Big Alice, Kelso, Six Point, a lot of great breweries. So, And a few others have said they're not actually making the smash beer, but I think the effort was kind of in tandem with the, 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 the state brewery license laws and 
you know, the, the effort to encourage people to buy, you know, New York State hops and malts. And well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a start. Okay. It's a start, you know. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more it happens, the more. Yeah, especially uh, as far as, like, New York State goes, that's what's been really great is there's more and more uh, malt available that's grown, you know, in, in you know, in the state. So, I mean, Italy uh, itself is a huge supporter of that. I mean, work with uh, Don Lewis from Wild Hive Farms. We just talked uh, today. Yeah, he, he just visited us today, actually, before. Oh, yeah, he he was he actually Don Lewis just stopped by and, and uh, was visiting with us today. But um, you know, between him and his growers, we're, you know, we have about three hundred to four hundred acres of, of uh, wheat that's grown just for Italy, New York, and Italy, Chicago. And actually, uh, Preston uses uh, pol- uh, his polenta in uh, two different uh, dishes on our menu. So oh, we're big su- we're big supporters yeah. of uh, of New York that City, sounds you like know, a New York State grain, Abruzzo yeah. cuisine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, it's very good for the winter, so it's been a good fit for our you know ski lodge hearty food uh, concept. Can I ask a random beer question for you guys specifically? Is what is your reception to cask to the cask beers for people who don't? I mean, I have we have cask beer at Tapper at Blind Tiger, and you know, very savvy audience for the most part. But still, it's that. Excuse me, this beer is warm. What's going on here? Do you get a lot of that, or are people starting oh, to understand yeah, it we, more? Yeah, we, we get a lot, um, and it's 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 kind of it's not a touchy subject, but it's, it's very interesting because um, like I'm a fan of Cascale, but you know, we, all in this room we know what Cascale is, so we know where we're getting when we order a pint of it. Uh, upstairs, you get a lot of that. Like, uh, I'm sorry, this is this is warm. It's flat, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's kind of an education process, you know. Um, and most people, like ideally, what we would have is most people would come in, uh, order one or two pints, and then maybe move on to uh, a selection of one of our taps or one of our bottles. Because in addition to uh, serving a lot of rare Italian beers, some of which we have here, one from uh, uh, Del Borgo, excuse me, uh, we, like, we like to focus on a lot of local New York City breweries as well. So, so you sell other beers? There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, okay. No, no. I didn't oh, know yeah, that. Their list yeah. rotates. I it's thought great. it was just only yeah. beer. I, I mean, especially I, like Andy. Andy is uh, spearheading the whole thing, obviously. Um, like I always like to tell people that you know when they come up to uh, Beer Real, they talk about the beer program. You, you got to mention Andy because Andy is he's got his hands. So you're you're buying the beer too, Andy. Yeah. Damn, I didn't even know that, man. <laughs> That's my Look, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, since. Uh, about a year ago, I moved upstairs to work full time on the on the restaurant uh, management team, but I've been working with the beer program ever since it started. But really, um, running it, you know, I guess for the last you know two or three years. Uh, but it's been really fun to find different things to go with, um, you know, with the, that fit our program seasonality. Yeah, t- 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 tell us the one you're pouring now, right. and then tell so us this, one more that you brought. Right. Well, we're, we're going to wrap it up. This is uh, one of my favorite beers in the world. Um, it's from Beardo Borgo. It's called Equilibrista. I love you for this. Um, and so hi, much. Alfredo. Thank you in advance. Yes. <laughs> what, what is it, Ann? Which one's beer? The Equilibrista. It's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. La Equilibrista. La yeah. Equilibrista. So it is. Um, so uh, yeah, Beardo Borgo, uh, being in Abruzzo, uh, they they're uh, at the base of the Duquesa Mountains. So they have, their base beer for a lot of the specialty beers they do is called Duquesa, which is a, a spelt saison. So that's the base, and then they add uh, uh, Chianti uh, grape must, and then um, they add champagne yeast, and then they're also uh, it's doing dueling it. breweries. Now, now Jamie's bringing out another so, Saint oh, no, James. No, I, I love <laughs> this. I think this is one of the <laughs> best. Like Thirty seconds, boys. This is one of the best examples of a beer beer wine hybrid. Um, so they also use the degorgement method. Uh, this beer is actually from 2012, um, and it's it's on our menu. It's one of our favorites. I think that's, that's why great. I love Italian craft beer so much. It's very unique. You know, it they sure use is. Those- Andy, w- one more beer that we didn't open that so we're going to open in five minutes. Quick. 
All right, this is called uh, um, Ode Brunello. It's uh, actually a, a collaboration between Del Ducato uh, from Italy and Oxbow from Portland, Maine. Nice. And then, Jamie, what's the last beer you're pouring? Our quadruple. All right, because this is all going on untapped now, so watch out, <laughs> kids. And quadruple from Sanchez. And then our special guest, Josh, who came all the way from Georgia. Give him a mic quick. Quickly, in like two seconds, tell us the, the beers you brought from North Carolina and Georgia. Yeah, so I brought up uh, some Wicked Weed and some Wild Heaven. Which ones? Yeah. Quick. I, I honestly don't remember the Wicked Weed. They make a ton of good stuff, but I've got one bottle. And then from Wild Heaven, I brought their Dionysus. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming up. Josh is a listener, and he came up to hang out with us uh, in New York City. So, hey, you know, we're talking about New York City Beer Week. One more time, Andy, what's a special discount for the opening Bash Cruise? Uh, for us, you could use the code EATLY. Go on the New York City Brewers Guild website and go to uh, Beer Week events and find the opening Bash Cruise. Well, I'll tell you, there's so many things happening, even leading up to Beer Week. On Thursday, our, our producer, Justin Kennedy, with uh, Travis from Folks Beer. They're going to be at Prime Meats in, uh, out in Brooklyn on Thursday night, February 18th. There's a pig roast, and they have beers from Strong Rope, Other Half, Threes Brewing, and Folks Beer. Of course, our special event, New York City Brewers Choice, next week, February 24th, uh, over 42 breweries. And uh, that's it, man. Check out New York City Beer Week, man. Is it, what, what's the website again? Huh? It's just, well, just yeah. Search uh, New York City Bre- uh, Brewers Guild. Brewers Guild, and also on Friday, tune in live, twelve o'clock this coming Friday. We're going to do a live uh, kickoff on Heritage Radio Network. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I'm excited for Got that. Kelly one. Taylor That's and uh, I think Kyle from Big Alice and a couple other brewers. So, hey, we'll listen to the Beer Sessions Radio, and it's always a pleasure having you and our winner co-host. And uh, been a great addition to the Very show. Pleasure. We got a lot of great shows coming here. up too. Right? Yeah. And everybody else, say, say, say hello and oh, goodbye. Thank you, Jamie Adams. You can follow us at stjamesbrewery.com. Yeah. Uh, this is Fred. Thanks a lot, guys. A lot of fun. Yep. This is Andy from Beeria and Marcello Uh Preston Williams from uh, Beeria. Pleasure. Thanks for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers and to our new engineer, David. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Woo. Woo. <laughs> we did it. David, you did it. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 nonprofit. to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening